The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. From Caritas, Alabama, this is Radio Wave Medianomics with your host, a friend of Medjugorje. Hurricane Sandy didn't just come up from nowhere. It brewed in the ocean for some time, across parts of the Caribbean, went up the East Coast, and many people expected it to go straight on up. Many people expected maybe it won't come here. People watched, they wondered. One thing was certain, and we had it on radar, is that it was coming. And yet people, even when they told the possibility of what it was, wouldn't leave. Or I'll deal with it when it gets here. You can take it to the bank that Obama is planning and scheming at this moment. The first four years was to get the power, unprecedented power, power of a king. And don't think that's an exaggeration. He has that. The executive orders 
the laws that were put in place, the regulations from the laws that Congress made, changing the intent of the law in the beginning, is all there. There is a storm brewing. And you're going to just deal with it when it comes? I don't want to say this in a condescending way. I want to say it in the way of love. That for the sake of God, for your own sake, wake up. Realize the Hurricane Sandy is just a beach party. We have something much bigger on the horizon. And it's brewing. And it's coming. What are you doing in preparation? Most people are only interested in saving themselves. Their jobs, their career, they're so busy doing what they're doing, they don't even stop. Much driven by ego. Ego blinds. Hatred blinds. And you won't see what you need to see. Saturday, we were dealing this past Saturday with some people from a place called the Appleseed Foundation. And they're really good. They they really look at the Revolutionary War and, and uh, riflemen and and the history of our country, why we came to be. But one thing they said that really struck me strongly is the same thing that in Crescio years ago, 25 years ago, it struck me, is don't just read, but read good books only. Now, what they're saying is you've got to be well-read. And today, the problem is not even just reading good reading because people don't read. We've probably got the lowest readership, the highest illiteracy to what's going on than the, than the world's probably ever seen. They said in Boston, though, this is Saturday, the Appleseed people, in Boston, which I remember reading this when I was writing the book, Look What Happened, Look what happened While You're Sleeping, that the, the Boston bookstore sold more books than all of England at the time. The people were well-versed. The people were ready they were ready first in their intellect to act. And Britain thought they were just going to come in here because they were the world's greatest power, the greatest army, immensely professional, protocol all the way down to the polish on the brass buttons. And the colonists were seen as insignificant, a blowover, no big deal. Just a minor mosquito, they could swat. And when they marched to Lexington, headed toward Concord, Powerveer started his ride, alerting the colonists along the way. 14,000 farmers, backwood idiots, according to Britain, gathered and basically slaughtered them. Defeated him. They were struck by this in a m- remarkable way. Of course, as the war went on, the Grenadiers, which were the strongest of the British, and they threw cannonball-type grenades they could throw real far. They had bust the doors down. They did many atrocities. But it got where it was so bad against these farmers, these nobodies, the six grenadiers decided they didn't want to die. And they walk up to an old woman who's picking dandelion in the fields for salad to eat. And they tell her, we want to surrender to you. She, of course, being shocked, 
accepted. She took him to one of the militia. They surrendered. And they asked one condition, please don't let this get back to England. It did. It came up in Parliament. And one of its members stood up and said, because they're how mighty thought, Britain and how what they could do, and these people, they would just annihilate and bring them into order, according to what their tyranny wanted them to do, said that when six grenadiers of our finest, our best, is taken in by an old woman, how many more of our, our men, the British, will be lost to accomplish what we need to accomplish with the rest? And it was at that point that they realized this is fruitless. And so it is, we have to wake up. We have to realize. And we have to be in the know, because these farmers, these homesteaders, these pioneer colonists, were rugged people. They had been reading. They had been studying. They had been working their minds and was filled with the freedom of natural law. Then nowhere in the world can any nation or any government or any people pass any law that's against nature's God and nature's law. It's invalid. Changing a marriage, no law can be passed to change it, period. End of story. The two states that just did that, forget it. Health care, breaking and violating our, our conscience, can't be passed. Oh, well, they can do it in man, but you don't have to obey it. You are committed to defy it. And if you don't believe that, you're not committed to that cause, you're not reading. You're not studying Blackstone's works. Blackstone, from Britain, in Britain, wrote this about natural law. And of course, this is based on something going back further, the Magna Carta, and actually Catholic teachings. It comes from the Catholic Church and its origins. Few people want to admit that. But Blackstone was the one that broke it. I set out on the task of explaining Blackstone's natural law the way he did in a simplified manner. I wanted to get it down to one page when I wrote the book, Look What Happened While You're Sleeping. My goal is if I could get this down to one page and make it be understood that there's things being passed for years that you do not have to obey. At the same time, God said, obey all authority. You have to do that, but only authority that's not in violation of nature's law and nature's God. I got it down to three pages after months of working on it. And you still have to read it maybe two or three times. In the book, They Fired the First Shot, I got it down even further and make it explain more simple. But you've got to study. You have to be reading. You have to always be reading some book. And it doesn't have to be about religion because there's many principles in books that can teach you about your faith and your principles that we're willing to die for these. People want only their career today. It's only about self-preservation. You can't have self-preservation if you forget natural law. And if you don't know the facts, if you don't know your history, you don't know where we're going, you're not seeing the historical weather forecasts of who died on this day, veteran, or rather, the Monday's Veterans Day. You forget those things? 
you'll think it's sunny when just two, three hundred miles out there, Sandy's coming, and your life's about to be changed. We often talk to people who are closest to the events of things that happen. And, of course, you don't get the story from the news, if that's what you're relying on, or even what you're reading in the New York Times and places like that. I've talked to a couple of jesters. They're the boots-on-the-ground people. They're there. They're talking to the people. They have to hear the stories. They have to hear what happened. What part of the damage? They have to go on site. This is remarkable. They said the sharpshooters everywhere and squat teams everywhere, helicopters everywhere. You're not getting all this. I was talking to one yesterday, an adjuster, and he said that he was called to one house. That the the person they've got five, fifty to seventy five calls on their tablet all the time to be scheduled. Someone booked up to past December just to go see these houses. There's nothing there down to some. Places where it's very little damage. But he went to one who was a foreigner. He said the foreigners are a problem. Why? Because they're bringing what they fleed from in their nation because of our tolerance and weakness to say be an American, change your ways to the principles of what this nation was founded on, to their ways. He went to the house. The guy's really causing him a lot of trouble. He's got basically two shingles damaged. He said, I want this one insurance. I want the insurance to do that. Being a foreigner, not born in this nation, he brings his ways. He tells us the gesture, I want a million dollars. The gesture thought he was joking. He said, I'm serious. I want a million dollars. What do I need to do with you to get this? He said, I'm not going to help you. But this is the mentality. Steal, take. Mexico's full of this. India's full of this. This man was from India. Don't bring your trash here. Are we so tolerant that we can't even confront this? He said the people who don't give them any problems, the people who are understanding when they're not getting any insurance, a lot of these houses aren't covered. They even had to tell, as an adjuster, one house which a container floated up in the water, crashed in the house, destroyed it, has a container sitting inside of it, that the insurance company can't cover it because it's considered flood damage. What did Americans say? They understood. People that's born here, braced here, is saying, okay, we accept that. But the foreigners, others aren't. Let's be truthful. Let's look at what's going on. It's not about you being against anybody. We got a problem in this nation. A serious, serious problem that's dishonest. We're not looking at things in the right way. Who built this nation? What did it? Where everybody can come here and make it. No matter who you are or what race you're from or what nation you're from. Well, we've dropped the ball when we brought the, ne- the, the Catholic churches bringing in Vietnamese from Vietnam when it fell to communism. Well, we dropped the ball, and, and I remember walking out of the church seeing about 10 Vietnamese in the back of the church when we were doing the Star Spangled Bander. They were weeping, right? Because we had expectation of these people to come here and be American, love God, be a nation of God, not over God, but under God. And refine us, God, when we go astray. 
because we belong to him. We didn't give way to atheistic policies in our government. And so this week of Veterans Day, what have we lost? We've lost our mind because we're not feeding it with the proper thought process of what is real, what is our survival, what, what is the purpose, or how do we have a purpose, I call, of self-preservation when we put God first and everything. But when it's self, give me a million dollars, what kind of nation have we become? A lost one, a seriously lost one. But people are waking up. We're saying is people reevaluating their ideas. The gesture told us some of them up there are saying to themselves, they had no idea it would be this way. Some houses, five million dollar houses are gone. But they weren't worried about that because they had the money to do something. Well, try standing in line, and if you're a millionaire, for a gallon of gas to run your generator for five hours, and they run it before you get there. You go to the 4.30 the next morning, you stand in line again, and you're limited to five gallons. Money don't get you out of it. Your thinking gets it out of it. But we've lost our thinking. We lost common sense. Serious trouble. This comes from U.S. Senator Tom Coburn's book, The Debt Bomb. And it's entitled, Change Requires Moral Courage. The problem in Washington is not a lack of good intentions, but the presence of double-minded careerism. Careerism is the sin of self-preservation. Real leaders, on the other hand, are obedient to a calling even unto death. Of course, for most politicians, death is not literal. Death may mean career death, losing an election, or loss of prestige or reputation. One great model of obedience was German theologian Diedrich Bonhoeffer who risked his life to oppose Hitler and was eventually executed because of his connection to the plot to assassinate the Fuhrer. Even at the gallows, Bonhoeffer never doubted the justice of his cause. That is the kind of courage and clarity of conviction we need in Washington today. What are the moral responsibilities of we the people? In the book, The Tragedy of American Compassion, Marvin Olasky asks readers to consider the criteria charities in America followed more than 100 years ago when providing assistance. Number one, to give relief only after personal investigation of each case. Number two, to give necessary articles and only what is immediately necessary. Number three, to give what is least susceptible to abuse. Number four, to give only in small quantities in proportion to immediate need and less than might be procured by labor, except in cases of sickness. Number five, to give assistance at the right moment, not to prolong it beyond duration of the necessity which calls for it. Number six, to require of each beneficiary abstinence from intoxicating liquors. Number seven, to discontinue relieving all who manifest a purpose to depend on alms 
rather than their own exertions for support. If the American people practiced these principles in their own families, communities, and neighborhoods and required government to do the same, we would solve our debt crisis overnight. In our free society, limited government only works when we reestablish the right relationship between government and the people. As government decreases, personal responsibility increases. Personal responsibility means you are personally taking responsibility, not just for yourself, but for others. Personal responsibility is not a license for self-interested materialism, but a call to take responsibility for the common good without waiting on government or someone else to act. And taking responsibility will require critical choices. Robert Kennedy said, For men are willing to brave, or few men are willing to brave the disapproval of their fellows, the censor of their colleagues, the wrath of society. Moral courage is a rarer commodity than bravery in battle or great intelligence. Yet it is the one essential, vital quality for those who seek to change a world which yields most painfully to change. This, of course, just proves what I just was saying. You have to read. The wealth of information contained in just a short reading is profound. Because it doesn't stop with the words there no more than a lady's words stop with what she read ink on paper of her words. They're way beyond that. The thought process has something more to procure. One of the rules of giving and being charitable in America that we live by, Joan just quoted, was less, less when you give, give less that will be procured by the individual, in other words, less that be, be procured than what by gain is gained by labor. Do you see the, the wisdom of that? That if a person is not completely filled in their giving, our giving of charity, they're not satisfied where they sit week to week, depending on the government, or even a hurricane, that everything's taken care of them, they don't have to do anything, that you give short is a shortfall. When there's a shortfall, what do you do? If your needs aren't being completely met, then your labor goes active. When you're overmet, you don't have to labor. We've got a whole nation. This one man, give me a million dollars. They're used to being given. People are waiting around for the government. People are crying. There's people in 30-story structures in this region where the Sandy hit that because salt water got into the basements of the buildings, the foundations, and the electrical wiring, power can't even be turned on. And they're just stuck there. You're talking about rewiring. You're talking about months like this. But everybody's got it on their mind. The government can do something for them. The insurance company can do something for them. Why? Because they've been over-labored by others for them. We've got to reverse this. You need to reverse it yourself and think about what do you need to do. We've got the health care thing breathing down our neck. Senator Paul Ryan or, or uh, Ron Powell, I'm sorry, said that he, in investigating the 
codes for the new approvals that the doctor would have to look at as far as ailments. There's codes for each ailment. This is what these people do that's been overgiven, overpaid. One of the ailments is coded for doctors to look at. Well, actually, actually there's 122,000 new codes of ailments, in, including the, somebody's appearance. It's listed as a bizarre appearance. That's a medical condition. A second medical condition is running into a lamppost. They actually list this. What are these people doing? Where's their brains? Wait till you hear the third. The third medical condition is running into a lamppost twice. <laughs> Amazing. But if that don't get you, how about the fourth? Being struck by a turtle. Did that come out of Hurricane Sandy, flying through the air, through the wind, hit somebody in the face? I don't know. I don't even know how to interpret that. Maybe I'm dumber than they are. And the fifth, being bitten by a turtle, which is pretty unlikely. But you see the absurdity of this? We've got people sitting around on doing nothing. Labor is sacred. Labor is holy. Labor is virtuous. And so what are you going to do with what you've labored for? You're going to hold it in retirement? You're going to hold it in 401ks? You're going to keep all that there? We started the Miraculous Metal Mezzogory Silver Round. We, we, we minted this so that whatever you have, that we can be thoughtful and put this with a Miraculous Metal on it, that when it's expended or used for goods and services, somebody would be holding and that could be a non-believer, an atheist, a God-hater, a God-not-knowing God. I mean, a, a person who thinks he's God-not-knowing God because he's so ego. But that miraculous metal has converted many of these people in this class. So why not turn what you have into something? We don't advocate just buying silver. We advocate taking your funds and be thinking so that when what Sandy's happened, you've got a second place to get out of New York and go to if you've got the money to do that, or just get out. Because you do need to leave the cities in the concentrated areas. They fired the first shot, covers all that. We don't have time on a show like this to go into it. But it's a must to read. You have to read this book in this time. There's no way around it. It's your manual. And it's your manual next month and next year and two years from now. It's got everything in it in completeness. Both identifying how serious the situation is, the forecast of the Sandy is coming economically, Anarchically, tyranny, and then the solution for all this. One of those legs of the chair is the Miraculous Metal Magic Around. We set Frank up to dispense that because we didn't want to be doing that here. We want to transmit the knowledge. This book said, uh, the, the reading that Joan just read said, Charism is the sin of self preservation. But if you're going to have preservation, which is what your 401k is about, or whatever you do and whatever you store up, the purpose of that is how does God want me to use it? How do I be charitable with it? Well, you have a responsibility to family, yes, not just give it away. But how do you preserve it? And we're always going on the basis of the sin of self-preservation. We want that 401k money to be invested, to make more money. Forget that stuff. 
The government already, already sees your 401k as plug book funds. And maybe you'll lose half of it. Through the miraculous metal measure go around if something happens. And it falls. But do you realize that half is going to be worth twice or 100% more than losing it all? Because that's what's going to happen. Spread your risk. It's interesting that we have the answers, but see, people are so preoccupied because they don't have the wisdom to, to hear it. Did you hear that in this writing? Less, less is to be procured than what can be gained in labor. A profound statement. Frank? Yeah, well, of course, fiat money is against uh, natural law and against nature's God. And it, there's no weighted measured system to purchase finite things. And it, its uh, fruits, of course, are, are starvation, and it, it's going to end very badly on its own. But uh, we're getting very busy, of course, people calling us, and one of the questions is, is when people have annuities or CDs as well as the 401ks, but this is uh, some questions this week, you know, I'll lose money. And it brings me back to the uh, quote of Thomas Jefferson, paper is poverty. Paper is the ghost of money. Paper is not money. And people have to understand it. You don't have any money. You have paper. And you can't lose something you don't have. So if you're not holding it, in your hand right now, you don't have it. It's not there. It doesn't exist. It's fiat. So where I said to somebody, not 1% of the retirement accounts could possibly go into silver without totally collapsing the system. And so I looked into this and did the math, and it's really about one-tenth of 1% would it... Uh, shock the price of silver. People tried to actually take the physical silver instead of a paper promise for silver, which can be manipulated, and the silver actually came off the market. This is just such a tiny amount. It's night and day supernatural that people aren't waking up, and we don't have a lot of time because uh, people that are praying are very concerned. And uh, I imagine we'll get busier and busier and busier now because um, I can hear the concern in, in people's voice that, that call me and, and what people are saying, and they should be concerned because uh, this, this will accelerate things, this health care, Obamacare, um, is going to put a tremendous pressure uh, on the, the economy and the global economy. I want to encourage everybody for December 6th and 7th, which is a how-to conference on new communities to come. There'll be experts here in different fields about different things we speak about that you can be able to ask questions, but also hear them speak. It's the first of its kind. It's not the typical survivalist thing that we certainly see all over the place. It's about Self-preservation with dependence on God. How do you put yourself in a position that God will act on your behalf, no matter what obstacle is thrown in front of you? 
we're not going to he-man through this. We're not going to swim through it. I was told a story yesterday about a woman who was holding her two children, and they got swept out in the water up in one of the places where Sandy hit. And they just found them several days later, just a week or two after Sandy's gone. Just found the bodies. You're not going to hold on to what you got. At least not here, because we have just something mild going to take place. I'm not even saying it's physical disaster. It may be some kind of illumination. That illumination may make us see how far and how distant we have we've been from God. That illumination may make us realize we've got to repent and change. That illumination and that change may make us think differently about economics and having everything and doing everything. And the economy crashes from there. And that's the sandy. Everything's gone. So anything can trigger this. Just simply God illuminating us with a grace. And we no longer have taste going to the Colosseums and watching the Christians being slaughtered. Because we become one, the new Christian. That's how the Colosseum fell. We no longer have the taste for all the money that people spend going halfway across the country to a football game. You can't equate that to it. If you pray, you, you, could, you could maybe have just a tinge of what I'm saying. There's something wrong in the sports field. There's something wrong in everything. Every way it's structured. We built a whole new world without God as if we were our own creator, our lady says. Our lady says, and you're not satisfied. And you have no joy. Because we're forgetting the real joy. Our community this past weekend experienced joy. Many said they had more fun this weekend than they have in years. And we won't tell you what all we did. We did several things. But it's the joy of being in community. It's the joy of being in one unified body. How do you have a unified body? Get rid of those who aren't unified with you. So separate yourself. This is the time of separation. Frank, your contact information? Yeah, you can contact us toll-free, 877-936-7686. You can email us at globalsilverinvestors at yahoo.com. And uh, we, our website is globalsilverinvestors.com. It also has the contact information. And again, a reminder that the New Communities Conference is December 6th and 7th. And one of the requirements of attending that conference is you have to have read They Fired the First Shot 2012. And there's information on medjugorje.com about that. We hear from every day from people. Uh, from people all over the world who are being fed through the writings of a friend of Medjugorje and through this mission. And so we ask that as the end of the year draws near that you please remember us in your end of the year donations. Uh, you can always contact Caritas at uh, 205-672-2000. Again, 205-672-2000. And again, we're requesting that you please remember us in your end of the year donations as well. Uh, but also, too, many who are coming to the December 6th and 7th conference are also saying for the December 8th through the 12th, five days of prayer. This is prayer that has been going on for 20 years uh, for the reconciling of ourselves, our families, and our nation back to God. Many of the events that you see, uh, particularly the July events uh, and the consecrations, are all birthed through this December 8th through the 12th. This is something that's done every year. And uh, if no one came, the community would do this by ourselves. That's how much we enjoy this time of prayer Uh, praying for ourselves, our families, and our nation. And it's this moment in time that you can dramatically change your future by reading, thinking, and praying. 
Read the materials. We'll give you two free if you can't afford it. But just read. We love you. We wish you our lady. Goodbye. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional.